There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean Fangirl S and today we are talking Boohoo! Series finale of Good Omens, but on the bright side, that means the one, the only, Gomez Not Adams is here with me! Hello! So... There are so many things that we're going to talk about because it was like, oh my god, yay! Because honestly, after we recorded the last one, I went out in the other room and I'm like, let's watch the finale because now I could watch it. Of course you did. Yes, you had I was to. so excited. So we were kind of talking off air and before we jump into our usual, there seems to be like rumors about a season two, but how would they do that with the book? They wouldn't. There's no possible no. way. Okay. No. So, I mean, a season two, I honestly think, I mean, you could do one of two things. You could go with the flashbacks through the ages. I'd be okay with that. Or it could just be Crowley and Aziraphale preventing other disasters from happening. Maybe not quite to the level of Armageddon, but, but maybe they take on Ragnarok or something. I mean, <laughs> you, have to, you have to go up against the Norse gods. I mean, who knows, right? It would be interesting. So, as always, we're starting with what we are drinking. So, go ahead, Gomez. I'm drinking from Flying Dog from here in Maryland, a Hidden Pickle Dill Pickle Ghost, which is a exactly what it sounds like. It's like trying to drink a dill pickle. Ooh. It's a little weird. <laughs> it's not quite like drinking pickle brine, See, but I, there are definitely those notes. Yeah, I don't, I am going to have to say that is not something I would try. I'm not a huge pickle person, so I guess that would be why, but. That would be why. Yeah. I actually, and I do like pickles, but I'm not so sure about drinking a beer one. <laughs> I inadvertently chose something appropriate. I am drinking Devil's Cut by the one and only Jim Beam with Dr. Pepper because I had to cut it with something because I put a whole lot in this glass before I realized how much I poured in. I might have been slurring my words seriously by the end of this podcast otherwise. There you go. Yeah. And then we would have probably had to re-record because it would have been a lot of mumbling I'm and done. laughing. But, uh, yeah. car on fire! Probably me laughing a lot, yeah. That's yeah, okay, too. It's probably still going to happen. <laughs> anyway, I mean, this episode, it's a fun episode. It was. Even though we got a little spoiler that it wasn't going to take too long to get to the quote-unquote end of the world. Yes. I loved how it did it. So, let's talk about the very last day of the rest of our lives. Why does it sound like a soap opera beginning? Adam Crowley and Aziraphale must work together to fight the powers of heaven and hell and prevent the apocalypse. They find out the fate that awaits them if they do. Now, the way it started, I'm like, okay, so we're past whatever. Yep. And I was a little confused and scared, I will say. What's with that. the bathtub? Yes. I'm like, wait, why is Crawley there? And what are they talking about? Oh, he's on trial. Okay. And that's holy water. Oh, crap. Yeah. Nothing good's going to come out of this. No, I was like, I will tell you, I was a little tense because I did not know what was going to happen, of course. And. 
I was seriously relieved. And even though knowing what we know, I will be honest, and I did not know what was going on and how everything happened. Not at first. And then it took a few minutes and it's like the gears started to move. My husband figured it out before me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, I felt like I was anathema trying to figure out the prophecy myself. And I'm like, why is this not working? Yes, but it was great. So... Again, don't know how the book runs. Were you surprised the order things were played out? A little bit, because they definitely did change things around a touch as far as it went. Okay. They still hit all the same major notes that the book did. Okay. Okay, this isn't American Gods where it's that season two kind of like, well, we're going to try to keep the themes of the book in place, but we're going to veer hard left Uh away from what's going on, right? This was definitely very much we're going to hit the major points and go from there. So there wasn't any major, there wasn't any real surprises. Okay. That said, it was still a delight to watch this. I love it. Uh, and being able to see this actually be adapted to the screen as faithfully as it was, that w- was amazing. I mean, that was just, you, you could see Neil Gaiman's touch all over this. And I still love the fact that he worked really hard to get what Pratchett would have envisioned happening on screen onto that, onto the screen. Okay. So normally we do have some book to screens that we do, but we're going to kind of throw this in right now. On a scale from one to 10, how well did this transfer book to screen? Probably a seven. Oh, lower than I thought, to be honest. There are a couple of pieces from the book that don't come over. Okay. So I mentioned like the, the other four horsemen of the apocalypse don't come over. There's a lot of footnotes in the book that work as asides, and you get some of that with God's narration. Yeah. But you miss a lot of that. And you kind of and you miss a lot of that kind of snarky side commentary as things progress. Okay. Overall casting. Overall casting is great. I mean, I was happy. I was very happy with the overall casting. Okay. But again, like I said, there there are parts of it that's like it's not a one to one to the book. Now that that said, I really enjoy this interpretation, and I don't necessarily expect an adaptation of book to screen to be a hundred percent faithful. I think it's really hard to do that anywhere. Absolutely, without question. But when it's pretty close, especially if it's a book that you liked, and you said you would really like this book, so mm-hmm. this is definitely something that's going on my pile of read books, which just keeps getting bigger and bigger because I really yes. need to start reading everything. I think I'm going to have to go to Audible or something to hear it in the car. Maybe that'll get me through. Oh, so I'm going to be on an airplane later this month, and I've got a couple of layovers. So that's going to, I'm making a point to make sure to pack some stuff. Good idea. And maybe he'll review some books for us. Who knows? But anyway, let's come back to it. Come back to the fiery Bentley coming right up to the army. <laughs> Poor Crowley. I mean, you just, just oh. the, the sheer like, my car. Uh, the funniest thing for me, because he, he gets out of the car and you hear Aziraphale through our madam speaking to him. And he's like, oh, you found a ride. He's still holding, was it the window or the door handle? At the door handle. Okay, because I couldn't quite tell if it was like a crank. But the fact that he's still holding it in his hand for quite some time throughout oh, yeah. this. And I'm like, he still has that. Like later on when everything's happening, it was cracking me up. And he just kind of looks back and he's like, oh, that's sad. I mean, you felt something for the car. That is not something well, I was well, expecting. Well, when you figure that he's been driving that car for, let's be be generous and say 70 years. Yes. Right? Give or take. And at some point he does say, you can't get that out of a modern car. Exactly. Now, mind you, it was his also his sheer willpower that was holding that car together this entire time. 
True. And so he, so he came out, it, and it's like, oh, that would. I mean, he obviously invested a lot of himself into that view. Yeah, and that's part of. I mean, that's and that kind of defi- helped define his per- his look and his personality too, right? I mean, especially the, the quote unquote modern Crowley was was ba- was that car was part of that. Mm-hmm. And, and there, and we've also seen that he is really not attached to very much at all, which is a bit of a surprise for me because. Being around Aziraphale for so long, I feel like they've rubbed off on each other enough that Crowley would be sentimental about a few more things other than just the car. But maybe it was just a big car and it was like, I'm all yeah, in here. Absolutely. And I, I mean, kind of I mean, like Aziraphale look- would be a little more nonchalant about some things, but he didn't really seem like he's willing to part with too much. Yeah, I mean, okay, you saw the bookstore, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, my bookstore. Okay. And, and, the fa- and the fact that Aziraphale, and I think they go into it a little bit in this, but they really delve into it in the book about how he deliberately made it as hard as possible for people to buy a book oh. from his store. See, the, I didn't feel like we got too much of that other than that one particular book. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, he goes. Because he couldn't it, have it. He, he goes out of his, it goes out of his way to say, like, he keeps odd hours. He hides the cash register. <laughs> nothing is in a, nothing is in a set place. It's not really organized the way any per, normal human being would organize a store or a library or anything. So, you know, deliberately making it as hard as possible for somebody to actually buy a book. I mean, you, you expected to be the kind of person like, I'm sorry, it's Tuesday morning. We only take Frank's from <laughs> 1945 today if you want to purchase something. Okay, I'm going to tell you, and this is weird, and I did not think about this until this exact moment. There's a bookstore out here. It's a used bookstore. We cannot figure out what their hours are. So maybe it's run by Aziraphale. Because I possible. swear to God, no matter when we're there, what day of the week, what time of day, it's not open. <laughs> Yep. But my friend has been in it one time. She's like, I don't know. I can't even tell you what time of day it was or what day. <laughs> it was a miracle it was open. And I'm like, I see the sign. I have to stop. So maybe they're the same thing. Oh, my gosh. What if this is happening for real? Or they just don't really want to sell books. Yeah. They just want to, they just want to have books. They're like hoarders like me in regards to books. <laughs> I mean, I can appreciate this. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like the escape room challenge. You're dropped off in the middle of a bookstore. You have one hour to escape. Oh, I'd be Good sitting luck. there reading. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, what's this? Yeah. Just an hour? That's bad. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's it, it's gotten worse now that I have kids because now I have to not only get myself out, I have to get them out as well. Oh, see, it's just me and my husband. And again, when uh-huh. Borders was open, we were there. That that was date night. Okay, that's so bad. Hey, nothing wrong with that, please. <laughs> We'd be there for hours. I miss Borders. Uh, okay. Now, now I'm showing my age. Yeah, I, I still have the, the keychain on my keys. But anyway, let's come back to them. Them yes. squaring off against the four horsemen. Yep. And I th- thought it was kind of like a thing, and I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional, because you had them, you had the four horsemen, you had Aziraphale and Crowley, and you had the Witchfinder and the Madam, whose names both escape me. Shadwell. Shadwell. And I forget her name. Adam Tracy. Thank you. And Adam's like, no, wait, what is this? Why is there two of you in one? No, you should be separate. So Aziraphale now has a body. Great. Yeah. But we also get Pulsifer and Anathema, who end up outside at some point. And I'm like, okay, so were they intentionally trying to have multiple groups of four, plus the angel and the demon? Yeah, but it doesn't quite work out. It doesn't fully work out that way. So, I mean, the the, the intentional group of four is the them versus the four horsemen. Mm -hmm. 
But then you also have the Witchfinder, Madame Tracy, and Crowley, who are kind of the neutrals. Okay. Right? They don't want to bring out the end of the world, but they're not fully human either, right? Okay. So they kind of bridge the gap between the two. All right. Yeah, I just didn't know if it was supposed to be almost like a triangle thing happening with our... Good and evil somewhere in the middle. Yeah, not really. I mean, not not fully, because, I mean, obviously, uh, Crowley's not wholly evil. That's why I'm kind of saying that in, like, quotes. Azuravel is not wholly good. We still don't know exactly if that was the plan for them to be like that. Well, the plan is ineffable. (laughs) It is unknowable. That's true. Which is hilarious. Question the plan. Which we'll get back to that in a minute. Questioning the plan leads to all sorts of trouble. Bad things. As does just blindingly following the plan, thinking that you know what the plan is. That is so true. Say it. You have to think. Let's go inside, though, before we get... Pulsifer and Anathema coming out to the group, let's say. We have them sneak inside after the horsemen come out to see the almighty child, the one and only destroyer, which didn't turn out that way, but Pulsifer Pulsifer did not want to admit he's not exactly a computer programmer. He's the opposite, in fact. (laughs) And I love it because they're watching the screens and he's like, it's silent. What are they saying? And when she puts up the volume, they're all freaking out all over the globe. She's like, yeah, bad things happening. Let's not listen to the crazy right now. Yeah. And as she randomly grabs the prophecy, he decided to act dumb. I don't know what that means. It could be anything. I swear, that look she gave him. Son of a, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Everybody who has ever been in a relationship, ever. Knows that at look. At some point, yeah, has gotten that look. Yeah, has both been on the receiving end of that look. <laughs> and the giving. And has given that look. <laughs> or if you work retail, I'm sure that you do that look a lot. Just saying. <laughs> And he's like, okay, when I touch things, they just go boom. And she's like, oh, so you can fix it. He's like, but what if I make it worse? She's like, and what if you don't? I was like, how much worse could you possibly make it? (laughs) We're all about to meet Jesus. Figure something out. (laughs) You would think. And I love it because he touches it and everything goes dark. And it was very much, oh, what I touch, what I do, what what happened? (laughs) I was like, what if I try to fix it? I will do the opposite of fixing it. Well, he managed to fix the situation, which is all we really needed. So as they go outside, again, strangeness starts to happen. And I love it that when Aziraphale gets separated, he goes to Shadwell, him, shoot him, (laughs) (laughs) with the big giant gun that looks almost like a tuba. Yes. And Shadow's just like, it's a kid. What are you talking about? Get and I love kid. it. Crowley's just sitting there like, yeah, probably a good idea to do something right about now. So anybody who isn't me. Right. It's like, as he's still holding the handle, by the way. Yes. It's like, somebody needs to do something. And we know it's not me. Right. And anybody? Somebody? Why am I'm having a brain fart? Where? Oh, never mind. I remember. War had the flaming sword. And he's doing some sort of war dance yeah. in the middle. And I love it. To kick things off. Because the members of them, they're just looking at her like, what is wrong with you, lady? You're all crazy. We like the world. Right. We don't want it destroyed. I and I, I like how Pepper is the one that the cake starts things off. Yeah. Because she's like, I like people. I like everything. You need to I believe back in off. peace, bitch. And yeah, as she's doing her little war dance and she drops the sword. And all of a sudden, Anne's like, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Oh, okay. And war is done. It's like, wow, really? Wasn't expecting that. Is that, that. all it took? Right. Because Pepper did it. And then he's like, drop it. 
So as soon as he drops it, I'm sorry, which other kid? Was it Wensley? Uh, Uh, I can't remember which of the kids picked it up the second time. Wensley do? Okay. He picked it up and he's like, and I believe, and I wish I wrote this all down, but basically in a clean world, recycling. Right, I don't want pollution. Right. And off goes pollution, which really, I was surprised it was that quick. Because pollution was looking like, huh, maybe, maybe no, I don't know if I should do this. And off comes the crown. Right. And then and then famine goes as well. Famine took a minute, though. Yes. Now, do we think it's because the final kid, was it Brian, I believe? Okay. He wasn't I'll, I'll sure. Also, you realize that the whole reason War dropped the sword was because Pepper kicked War in the shin. Right. Because so, she wanted to be all artistic it's like gotta look out for those shin kickers hey they're small they do what they gotta do but i was surprised famine was taking so long now do you think it's because the kid eh, maybe didn't exactly believe in healthy meals for everything possibly but then the dog got involved and off goes famine so wow they took care of those three awfully fast and that just leaves death and death is like i'm not exactly working with them I'm grouped together. I got, it's a package deal. And sorry, but if there's a beginning, there's an end, and I'm with the end no matter what. Exactly. Might not be today, though. So basically, he peaced out. He's like, bye. Hey, get rid of the blame. He's like, I'm going to forever have a job. And you still need me. It's true. Even if it's not the end of the world, you need me. Yes, because that would be a whole nother story. In fact, I believe that was Torchwood Miracle Day, that it turns out if you don't have death, what happens? Bad things. Very bad. So anyway. I thought that was interesting, though, how he's just kind of like, all right, bye. Yep, which is very, which actually is very true to the book. Okay. But then, oh, good. We can breathe for a minute, right? Not really. Well, then we got heavy and hell show up. Yes. Or the the representatives thereof. At the exact moment, I loved it. And they're like, listen, all right, I know things have gone off track. And why was it the demon, Beelzebub, is the one that's trying to relate to the kid? Where Gabriel's just being his douchey self, like, hey, hey, hey. Okay, very simple. Beelzebub, the kid is the boss's son. See, I wasn't thinking that. I'm just like, why is he just being a douche? And, and I mean, Gabriel's like, yeah, you're the you're, you're the enemy's son. Meanwhile, Beelzebub's like, no, 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 that's my boss's son. He's the guy that's going to be in charge down the road. I got to kiss some ass now. <laughs> See, I wasn't thinking about that because it was just like, okay, she was being very, listen, you're going to rule the world. Gonna be great, but you just gotta do this little thing so uh, we can face off and do what we do. And it'll be so much better once that happens because we want to have the war. <laughs> We've been waiting four thousand years for this war, and the only people who wanted the war were the legions of heaven and hell. Yes, everybody in the middle was like, "Yeah, maybe no." War and what, what's it going for? Absolutely nothing. Nice. Nice segue there. (laughs) But of all the people, when Aziraphale kind of jumps up there and he's like, listen, there's got to be a way. No, no, it's God's plan. And light bulb moment, is it the ineffable plan? (laughs) And he's sitting there looking so innocent, like, do, 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 but is it this? And do you have a copy of the plan? Do you know it? And those two are like, I love it. God doesn't play games with the universe. Have you been around? Where have you been? Seriously. (laughs) 
what are you watching? You haven't been, you haven't actually been here much. Yes. No, no, you haven't. I love that because that's when Crowley kind of like perked up like they don't know. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Let me step in and be like, uh yeah, yeah, this this inevitable plan. How many times have you reviewed it? What's going on? Are you sure about this timetable? What's the backup plan? And they're both like, hold on a second. As they talk to each other. Crap. Do you know? No. Do you know? Well, this is gonna suck. <laughs> So we have to go review. And we have to have... There there was no plan for what happens when the Antichrist says, you know what, I like the world the way it is. Right. Uh, I have to go tell all these legions to stand down. This isn't going to be easy. But I love what about like, really? Do you want to go talk to the ones in hell and tell them? They got to just go back to office work and crap. It's like, oh. Yeah, but then you have the bad news of where dad shows up. Right. Which I love it because you had that moment where Crowley and Aziraphale kind of zap Adam away. And I'm assuming this is supposed to be like the beginning of the whole thing because they're kind of in the desert plains or whatever. And they're talking to each other in their form, angel and demon, black and white, feathers and all. Listen, kid, you better think of something really fast. And I love it because Crowley's like, and I'm sorry, one more back backing up. I'm sorry. Sure. I think he was still holding that damn handle at that point, too. I believe he was. Okay. So then we zip back. He's like, the universe will still listen to you. Reality will do what you tell it. So whatever you decide, we'll stand by you. But you need to think of it like now. Yes. Because like they- now, now. Yeah, because they go back and, oh, crap, somebody told his dad. Because is that an earthquake? Is there a volcano? What's happening? Is it just the devil putting himself out from hell? Yeah, okay. Gonna have a talk with my son. Yes, and who is it? None other than Benedict Cumberbatch, Blueberry Cumblebun. I mean, you can call him any name. People pretty much know who you're talking about. Satan? (laughs) And the CGI looks pretty good. Like, I was expecting it to be kind of cheesy looking. I don't know why. I just felt like it would almost be cartoonish. Like, it would go with it. You're expecting almost like a Monty Python type of thing. I kind of wanted that. But I love it. He comes up and Adam's just like, you're not my real dad. And he's like, no, listen, kid. Hang on. And Adam, like any angry child who finds out, oh, wait, person who I thought was my biological dad is not, in fact, my dad. But now you're going to show up? And, and after how many years? And you're the very definition of a deadbeat? Right? Yeah, he was uh, pretty pissed off. Yes, and rightly so. Yes, I completely agree. Yes. You, you don't show up for how many years? And now all of a sudden, you're going to claim that you're my dad and I have to do what you say? No. No, you're not my dad. No, no, you're not. No. And he just kept saying it. And because of that, because he, he was saying it and he believed it to his core. Yes, everything. So he's no, longer, he's no longer the devil's son. He's no longer the Antichrist. Which I thought was very interesting because then I was trying to think the way it ends later. Okay, is he in fact no longer the person with the powers now? Or is it just he kind of like zapped Satan out of existence? Satan is still around. Okay. But he no longer has the Antichrist in his corner. Gotcha. So Satan goes back to hell, but because he's no longer the Antichrist, he doesn't have those powers anymore. Well, 
it seems that maybe that wasn't true at the very end. Maybe. Maybe. So, okay, great. The world is saved, right? Maybe. Oh, well, no, the world is saved. Well, the world is good. I don't know. There was a comment that- For now. Kind of, yeah, kind of made me, hmm, scratch my uh, head a little bit. I mean, but I mean, we also see that uh, the delivery guy got- So things got reset. Yeah, because yes, the delivery guy was back, which that shocked me. But then all sorts of things were back that shocked me. Crowley's uh, Aziraphale's bookstore was back. Oh my gosh. And extras because Aziraphale's like, I don't remember that. Yes. And the Bentley. And I thought Crowley was going to cry. I mean, that grin, seriously, <laughs> ear to ear. Well, you know, they did a good job. They get rewarded. It's their bonus. I thought it was great with that. Just because their immediate supervisors didn't think that they were doing the job they were supposed to be doing doesn't mean that they're bo- that the big boss didn't say, yes, this is exactly how we want it to go. This was the plan all along. Exactly. See, when you're so short-sighted, you don't know and you don't get the reward. Precisely. Yes. Don't so great. Against the boss. End of world, at least for now, is... Averted. Yes. And we have some other interesting things that start happening. Because Pulsifer and Anathema are a couple. And apparently there may have or may not have been a prediction that they were married. The, Correct. The way things were proceeding. Well, but the, but the thing with the with the, the nice and true prophecies of Agnes Nutter was that they only went up to the end of the world. Ah. Because why would you have prophecies that went that went beyond the end of the world? But something may have, because... But they, what, they, what they didn't realize was that, is that there was a second volume. Which is interesting. Which covered what happened after the end of the world. Which I thought was so weird. Which I guess I was like, okay. At that point, I'm like, okay, I can see them trying to go into a second season with it. Until they did what they did. Right. Which No, that actually is true to the book. Oh, okay. And they deliberately say, I mean, do you want to be a professional descendant for the rest of your life? But I'm like, why didn't you read it? I don't know if I would have been able to do it in that. So so the, que- the question is, do you want to feel like your entire life it has been predetermined? Yeah, I, I get or- that. But would you have been able to just burn it like she did? Or would you have taken a gamble? I, I probably would have taken a look. Despite knowing everything, knowing, despite knowing better, I would have taken a look. See, even if she would have taken it to a Xerophel, been like, you know what? No, I think I think, I think she did the right this. thing. I, I think she did the right thing by getting rid of it. Because oh. I don't think anybody should have that power. Oh, I'd, I would have probably had to look, though. I don't know if I would have had the strength of will to burn it. But then again, I don't think I can do that for any book. So there's that. I understand. I do. Anyway. Shadwell so, and Madam Tracy. Yes. That was a little bit of a surprise, but not really. Yeah, I kind of knew that was... I knew that was coming as well. Well, I feel like she'd been trying reaching out and as much as he was always like jezebel get back harlot he was always like oh yeah i'm gonna eat your food i'm gonna drink your tea i like your and company she, and she's gonna keep uh be nice to me right okay well i'm good well, with that i love it because she's like listen i think we're a little past you keeping my my plates just come over and eat with me Right, exactly. Let's actually sit down like grown-ups. But she already looks different because she didn't have pink hair. Her makeup, even. She had gone with the more uh, subdued look. Yes. And she just kind of kicks around like, oh, you know, I I have a tidy sum. I can buy a home. And, you know, two people can live as cheap as one. And he's like, I guess I should pop the question. Wait, I will not be with a Jezebel. 
It's like he was going there and then suddenly like, no, 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 wait, I can't. And she's like, oh, retire, Jezebel. And he's like, oh, well. Oh, well, in that case. In that case, how many nipples do you have? It's like, okay, hold on a Yo, second. Yo, dude. <laughs> that went weird. We can't be with a witch. Yes, I know, but it's like, um... yeah, if it, it, I, it has to make sure there are no surprise nipples. <laughs> okay, this is a weird conversation, too. <laughs> All right, all right. Moving on, moving on. Because if she's not a witch, then you'll be fine. Yes, okay. So apparently, anyway. happy ending there. Absolutely. And meanwhile, we're cutting back and forth with the trial. Yes. Well, we get so- to see what actually happened. They were getting ice cream, which I find amusing. And they're both snatched. It's like, no, you didn't even let them have their ice cream. Why? What I love is if you go back and look at it and watch it again, the body, ma- the, the mannerisms are not the same as they have been all along. And then it becomes, obvi- becomes obvious later why that is. Oh, I am going to have to go back and look because so, I didn't so catch go, anything. If you go and rewatch the, the ice cream scene, uh-huh. Aziraphale and Crowley are not acting like they usually do necessarily, mm-hmm. as far as the body language mm-hmm. goes. Very interesting. I will have to double check that because I must have missed it. And, and poor Aziraphale gets anything. bundled up and carried and, you know, bundled away. Yes. And okay, they're on trial in heaven and hell. And very interesting because you have, was it Michael that had gone down below with a vase? It's like, yes. oh, should I leave it here? They're like, no, 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 no. You go ahead and pour it. It's fine. It's like the never ending vase of water. Yes. <laughs> Filling that tub. And, and she's like, oh, I'll be back for it later. Okay. And, uh, the poor little demon. Because they're like, well, we have to make sure it's real. And they... You! Why? All I could think of was the scene from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes, in dip. He's like, but why me? Oh, you were here. Wrong place, wrong time. Sorry. Oh, okay. It's real. And as you have everything happening above and below, you have the last of the triplet demon up in heaven taking the hellfire yep. for Zarephel. And it's like, okay. This is gonna suck. Now, I had noticed Crawley say, you know what? This is a new coat. Can I take this off? And as he's yes. undressing, I was expecting Azarafel to do the same. Just okay. because I thought it was something with the coats or something. I don't know why, because I didn't know where we were going exactly. I don't have a good answer for you. And we get Crawley get in the tub, Azarafel get in the fire, and... <gasps> Nothing. Nothing happens. It's like, what? Oh, no, uh, okay, let's step back. Not nothing. Crowley is splashing around in the tub. Yeah. Asking for a rubber duck. And Aziraphale is in heaven going like, is this the best you got? After Gabriel was like, get in there and die. I'm like, oh, oh. And didn't he even like kind of open his mouth and shoot some fire towards them? Like A little bit. And I love it because Crowley keeps like splashing everything around him. And like flicking the water at the at the glass to spook his. And you hear it like up. sizzle everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah, what's gonna happen? And I love it feels above and was it Hester? It's like, uh, uh, what, 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 what do we do, do about this? <laughs> uh, uh, this wasn't part of the, uh, we've never seen this before. And that's why when this was happening, I'm like, wait, have they affected each other enough that they're neither good nor evil at this point? And that's what I was thinking until things started getting a little different. Because then when Michael comes down to collect the water, even Michael was surprised. It's like, He's like, wait, what? Yeah, I need a bath towel. Do you mind? It's like, bam, bath towel in Michael's hand. It's like, what? Like, Michael didn't even realize 
Michael did it. Yep. And it's like, huh, interesting. And I started to think, Crawley doesn't know Michael enough to know that, well, I take that back. Crawley probably does. But at this point, I don't feel like Crawley knows enough that he would intentionally, like, taunt her. Like, I feel like Aziraphale would be doing that. So and then it turns I'm like, out, oh, okay, because what was the prophecy? You have to sw- if, be careful with what faces you choose, essentially, right? Yeah, and I'm like, now it makes sense, because... They switch. Bam, they, they end up back, and, and like, we're not going to talk about this. Never, never. Nobody's <laughs> going to talk about this ever again. And we're going to leave these two alone, because obviously they're a lot more dangerous than we realize. I love that, but I still, and I know this sounds bad, but, and I don't remember that angel's name, the one that was kind of fat and was a jerk and punched Aziraphale. Oh, yeah, yes. I, I'm like, I want him to like, I don't know. You want him to get punched in his mug face. Something, something happened to him is what I wanted. Yep. It didn't happen, but I'm like, oh, you're such a, oh, okay. But yes, they're back on Earth. It's like, is anybody looking? Nope. Okay, they switch back. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and of course, you've got Aziraphale lounging with like, yes, all sprawled out. Definitely it's the Crowley pose. And, and Crowley is sitting very upright and straight, like Aziraphale usually would be. Yeah. It's like, okay. And when it happened, it's like, this makes more sense. But I was really, I was a little surprised. I was thinking it was more they've rubbed off enough on each other. No, it's just that they were, they got sneaky. (laughs) Which I love the comment of you have a little bit of angel in you. And it's like, and you have some demon in you. It's like. Yes. And you're a little bit of a bastard. Yes. I'm like, oh, that's kind of sweet. Why do I think that's so sweet? That's like the worst thing to say. But. Because they make a great couple. I love it. And I totally get all the shipping now. I do. Especially when it's like, oh, I think a table miraculously opened up at the plaza, I believe. Yep, and I mean, and they they really did play up that aspect of the book. Yes. Because uh, at the time, in the, in the original book, it's a lot more subtext. Okay. That they just turned into outright text here. Oh, with the ending or just those two? Yeah, uh, with, with the relationship between the two of them. Okay. I did, I did love that, though, at the ending. And then they were making the specific about... Oh, what is it? A nightingale sang in Berkeley Square. And it's right. like, a nightingale actually did sing in Berkeley Square, but nobody was able to hear it. Right. And we get the final, okay, why is your car called Dick Turpin? We did finally get that, yes. Oh, God. Because wherever it goes, it holds up traffic. Oh, and I love that because even you, as I mean, he says it and explains it, I'm like, oh, that's such a dad joke. And of course, you have to know who Dick Turpin was to to know that he was a highwayman in England and everything else to fully appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, in the book, it actually goes into a little bit more about the history of the car Mm -hmm. um, and just how bad of a car it is. Okay. And like how how often it has to be repaired. And it also goes into like at the end. So there's certain improvements made to the car so that it gets like 500 miles per gallon. Dang, I need a car that does that. So, they, I mean, just stupid things like that, right? So that the book definitely gets into that. I mean, there's no, there's not time or space in a TV show for those kind of details, right? Right. I do love the final comment. I think it was a Zarafel. Just imagine how awful it might have been if we'd actually been competent. Well, yeah, that's pretty much summing everything up, isn't it? Though, anyway, and Crawley say, "I don't think that was the end, though." Well, what do you mean? I think it's going to be all of us against all of them. And oh, and by that, I think he means humanity. people on Earth yeah. against heaven and hell, which I thought yep. was like, oh, okay, interesting 
comment. What does this mean? Is there another book? What is happening? So anyway, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the series overall, I would be okay if there's not a second season. Because if there is, it would have to go dramatically away from the book. I also don't know that uh, Neil Gaiman is interested in being showrunner again. Right. Because uh, I think he was I think he was much more interested in going back to writing books for a period of time. I enjoyed it. I wish we could have almost like a series of short of them just through time. Yep, I agree. But yeah, I, I think this was great. I now have to read the book and... Yay! <sighs> this Yay for reading! Yes! I know, it's such a lost art. I like the fact that this was something that my husband enjoyed with me. Oh, good. There's so many things, like, we have similar tastes, but not exact. So sometimes it's hard to find things we both like. Yep. Oh, I, yes, I understand all too well. <laughs> so I think this is something that's great, and I think most couples will probably enjoy it together. Absolutely, I would agree. All right. So you now know what we think of the entire season of Good Omens. What do you guys think? Shoot us an email, contact us at fangirlzone.com. We'll read it and reply to you. Gomez and I are still trying to figure out our next venture together because there's so many things, but unfortunately, no no Um, Neil Gaiman right now, unless something else is coming up I don't know about. I don't think so. But you will hear from us again soon. But in the meantime, Gomez, tell everybody where they can find you. So broadswordsandblasters.com. We're currently taking submissions for stories now through October 31st of 2019, depending on when you're listening to this. We could be very well closed. But you know, we also do a, a quarterly magazine. We publish a weekly article on pulp and pulp-related material. And you can follow us on Twitter at Swords and Blast. Uh, that's usually the best places to find us. We are also on Facebook, but we do a lot less on Facebook than we do on Twitter. And, of course, you can find everything that is Fangirl Zone over at www.fangirlzone.com. Go to the contacts page. It's so much easier because I never remember every place we are because I usually screw it up. And our photos. For some reason, I cannot get on our, our web page, but you can check all that out over on our Facebook page and our con travels will all be over there. And for this episode of Fangirl Zone, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I am Gomez, not Adams. And until next time. Ciao.